Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. You, you coached for a long time. Uh, you said 20 years in, in, in college, and then you were in AD for a little bit. So you've just been around so many teams. So maybe this question is for when you did, when when you were a coach, but then also maybe you know, what would you choose now? So what, what would the non-negotiables be in your program or the standards? Yeah, great, great question. Um, it's being positive. That, that's a non-negotiable. We're going to find ways to find solutions. We're going to find reasons to win. We're not going to have excuses. So, so I said positivity. Uh, it could be excuses are not excuses are are not acceptable mm. in our program um excuses never get you closer to your goals excuses never never turn out good for you I, I mean they might turn out good in terms of you avoid some responsibility in the short term but it doesn't get you any closer to achieving what you ultimately want to achieve um and when we're dealing with a team and and all of us listening to this your whole audience is involved with a team somehow. There's, right. there's not any long rangers out there. Right. And so excuses makes it so that more people have to shoulder more of the work because you're shirking your responsibility. When we, when we shy away from responsibility, there's this, uh, then, then the team suffers because there's this collective responsibility. We win together. We lose together. We overcome challenges together. We celebrate successes together. We, we, ri we rise together or we sink together a lot of times. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'll use this cartoon. I love this cartoon. And maybe you've seen it before where there's people in a boat and one end of the boat, there's a hole in it. And those people at that end are furiously like with buckets trying to get the water out of the boat. The people at the other end of the boat are saying to themselves, so glad the hole isn't at our end. <laughs> <laughs> well, the boat's going to sink it's and they're gonna all going to, they're all going to drown. All right. It doesn't matter where the hole is. We have all a responsibility, a collective responsibility together. And when you make excuses, you're essentially saying we're not together. Mm. When I make an excuse for whatever just happened, I'm saying that I'm over here in this part of the boat. You guys take care of the rest. You guys are on your own. Um, and that, that's not acceptable if you want to have a strong, healthy culture. So being positive, and, and I'm not talking the, uh, we're all coaches. So I, I'm not talking, you know, those games we've been in where we're down 20 and the cheerleaders are at the end of the, the field or the, the, the gym, you know, cheering, Hey, we're number one, we're going to win. <laughs> it's like with two minutes to go in the game and you're down 20, it's like, no, you're not going to win. And you're not number one right now. Yeah. You're going to lose, but I'm not talking the pom pom positivity. Yep where it's fake. I'm talking about the positivity of, Hey, Matt, you can do this because I saw you do it. Remember Tuesday in practice when mm -hmm. we had this situation or because you had fought through adversity or last year we were in this situation or last week, you're giving people a reason why they can find success. So you're being positive in terms of we're going to focus on the solution, not be fixated on the problem. And you know what? We might be down 20 with a minute to go. Well, we're not going to win. So the positivity is not that we're going to win the game on the scoreboard. The positivity is that we're going to win in that the last minute, 
we're going to have a positive attitude and we're going to do everything we can to get better for the next game because we have practice tomorrow and we have another game still and we want to constantly get better. So, you know, I, I've seen these coaches before. These coaches get mad at their team, and so they sit down the last four minutes of the game because the game is over. Unless that's Man. your last game as a coach, yeah, it's not over. That game might be over in terms of the result. But you keep fighting and you keep mirroring to them kind of what 100%. you want them to do. And yeah, There's 15 guys on your team maybe or gals on your team. Yeah. You got four minutes to coach them up in a game situation. Yeah. Talk to them on the bench. Send the message that, hey, we're going to continue to do what we're supposed to do regardless of the outcome. It's a journey and a process to getting better each and every day. That positivity piece, is, it, I, to me, it really shows off your, your mental toughness, too. Because, one, it, it's, it's way easier to be negative than it is to be positive. And when you make that choice, you have to stick to that or else it will come across as fake or insincere that consistency the guy that comes to my mind is coach scott drew because I, when i was a senior at baylor he, it was his first year and we had six scholarship players after a very trying summer just went by and here comes this 32 year old guy with so much positivity and i'll tell you man we were i we were all waiting for him to change like you can't sustain this this isn't real but over in the last 18 years, he has just been relentless with that positivity. And that's powerful. 100%. And that's, that's a perfect example. That's a great example. Um, you know, and, and he, didn't win his, he didn't win a championship that first year. We were 8-21, and 21, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, oh, you guys were failures. You guys were terrible. No, no, it's a process. It's a journey. And, and, and what you start, like – we said earlier, start quickly. He started quickly. Mm. And then you continue to sustain it quickly. <laughs> you sustain it quickly. You, you continue to stay at a, a level and then you improve quickly. You improve your mindset. Um, yeah, I, I love the example, Baylor, Scott Drew. You guys went through a ton of adversity, uh, a terrible situation. And it's easy to be negative. It's easy to find excuses. It's easy to you know, fill in the blank. Just to look towards the future and say, hey, just just get through this time. And then at some point, things will get back to normal. But that back to normal pushes farther and farther and farther away. One thing you said is that the the standard that in one and one year we raised expectations. Like that's that's the thing is when you start now, they started as soon as they hit the ground with us in building the culture they wanted. And so this talk that you're that you that you or these you know, qualities and culture building that you've been giving, I, I'm seeing it or I'm thinking back to how they really did it right all those years ago. Yeah, but, you know, Matt, we go back to something you said earlier. It, it's not easy. It's mm -hmm. not – I mean, we've both been to lots of basketball clinics and seen lots of good drills and lots of good plays. And, and some of those will work. They're all designed to work, but they're also <laughs> – quick fixes to a degree that if you have the right people, this might help. Mm -hmm. But if you have the wrong people in the wrong spots, this play is not going to work. Um, this drill is not going to work. Uh, we were talking about Calvin Sampson earlier and, and, you know, I went to a, a Nike clinic, went to a Nike clinic in the early two thousands 
in Dallas. And and Calvin Sampson was coaching at Oklahoma at the time, and he had this great drill. I love this drill. And I took it back and used it with my team. And after the first practice, we used it with our team. One of my assistants was like, Coach, that's awesome drill. I love that drill. But my question is, it's all about elbow jumpers. But you don't allow the kids to shoot any elbow jumpers. We're all three-point shoot. We're just a three-point shooting team. So it was a great drill, but how did that help the team? Yep, good point. Yeah, Thanks for pointing point. that out. <laughs> but but drills, you know, sometimes we'll throw a drill in or sometimes we'll throw a play in. But the but that's just a that's almost covering up a symptom or that's just trying to solve a symptom issue. But the real illness is we don't have a good culture. Mm. Or as a leader, I'm negative all the time. And so that facilitates a culture or an environment where our kids don't then encourage one another because they're never seeing me encourage. I'm not catching them being good. I'm not encouraging. I'm not pointing out when they're doing well. I'm not, we're not celebrating successes. Yeah. Uh, this past year. Okay. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga in the, uh, 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 you know, Gonzaga in the, uh, was it the final four when they played UCLA? Went yep. into overtime. Yep, two days they beat before, U- yeah. Yeah, they yep. beat UCLA in overtime. What people remember is Jalen Suggs hitting that amazing shot. What people don't remember is that Drew Timmy stepped in with one second to go in, the, in regulation in a tie score. Drew Timmy has four fouls. Also, people don't realize Drew Timmy was their leading scorer. Yeah. Not the two dudes that are about to get be lottery picks in the NBA. Drew Timmy was their leading scorer. He has four fouls. He steps in with one second to go in regulation and a tie score. He gets outside of the restricted zone, and they call a charge. Baylor gets the ball back, or uh, excuse me, Gonzaga gets yeah. the ball back, which allows, you know, if that's called a block, which easily could have been a block, all of a sudden UCLA shooting to win the game. And even if they miss those free throws, now you have your leading scorer out of the game because he stepped in with his fifth foul. Okay. That whole long story to say, as coaches, way too many coaches don't talk about what Drew Timmy did with one second to go in regulation. We talk about what Jalen Suggs did to hit that shot. Yeah. To some degree. We talk about the thing that even the dumbest parent in the stands could just see. We talk about the kid that just scored 30 points. What the dumbest fan knows that that kid just scored 30 points or someone Mm -hmm. just rushed for 200 yards and three touchdowns. We don't talk about those big nasties up front, those big hosses that created those holes. And so here's my point with that. As coaches, if we're not celebrating those successes and and pointing out those awesome team sacrifices, those those individual sacrifices for the team, our kids will pick up on it. And why will they be inspired to do those things? Yeah. We talk about team, the team, the team all the time, but when we're the first ones to praise the kid that scores a touchdown or the kid that hits the game-winning shot or the 30 points. We don't praise those other things. We don't praise the, the great defensive play with 10 seconds to go that gets us the ball back so we can hit that game-winning shot. We don't praise the kid that passes to the wing and then cuts down the lane so hard that the defense bites on them. And then when the kid with the ball drives – the defense gets there late and it's a charge or it's a block all because the defense had to shift on that decoy. We don't talk about those things in those post-game press conferences. We don't even point it out in the locker room. The first thing out of our mouth. 
So when we celebrate these successes, kids are going to buy into what, what we're saying every other day about the team, the team, the team. And it's hard to get kids to do stuff. It's hard to get them to sacrifice. And so yeah. when we point out those things, man, the, that, that is going to lead to a culture of we're all in this together. And, but it, you've been saying it a bunch and, you know, the, the name of your podcast, success is a choice. Uh, culture is a choice. Well, whose choice it has to start with the coaches, the leaders being intentional and choosing to celebrate the right things or the things that they want to see repeated. And you're right on the money. Uh, who, who's my not favorite player, but who's the player I spend the most time with or give the most attention? Probably the leading scorer quite a bit or the dudes that are doing those big things. My high school coach, told, I asked him, what would you do differently if you could start over? He's a legendary coach from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He said, I would spend more time with 9, 10, 11, 12 on the roster. I'd get deeper with them. And so if culture is something that we truly want to grow, then we just have to be ultra aware and intentional for the things that we're celebrating and, and, and what we're saying every day. hundred percent. And, and I'm not saying, uh, and, and you're not saying either ignore your leading score. No, don't do that. <laughs> but, but you have to make that leading scorer understand also that he needs all those other players, just like that, that little $5 spark plug in that $100,000 car. The car's not going anywhere without that little spark plug. Your leading scorer is not going to have his success or her success without the people that set screens, without the people that do the dirty work, without the people that are on the backside that don't make the pass, don't set the screen, but they maintain their spacing enough so that the defense exactly. has to play them a certain way. Yep. All this stuff goes into, you know, John Wooden used to say it takes 10 hands to make a basket. All of us basketball coaches will praise John Wooden to the high heavens. We love John Wooden. But we don't coach like John Wooden sometimes. We don't wow. take those philosophies and, and, and apply them to our own team. Man, that 15th player, you know, your, your mentor, your, your coach said he would spend more time with the 8th, ninth, and 10th guy, which I think is awesome. But we also have to understand that that kid that doesn't want to be on our team, the 15th man who's at the end of the bench, best friend is the water cooler and the athletic trainer, they can screw up our team. Mm. And also their kid that we might need one day in a game. Yeah. If nothing else, we need them in practice. They might have to just, just, you know, cover, cover a certain player, you know, just be all over them, draped all over them in practice to get used to what they're going to face in that game. We might need that kid, but if they're not inspired whatsoever, well, why should I do this? I don't get to play. If you don't make them feel like they were a part of that win, if you don't make them feel like they're, they're a valuable member of this team, then you don't really have a true team. You have a bunch of individuals. Yeah. And, and, but we say this as coaches, we all the time, we're talking about team, 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 but our actions betray our words way too often. And it doesn't take a whole lot more energy to catch somebody being good. I mean, I now love sometimes that. I love that. I know now we might be like, well, if I catch Matt being good, he's going to in practice too much. He's going to think he should be playing. Matt thinks he should be playing anyways. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Or Stop with this. Do. Yeah. Don't overthink. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink yeah. it. Matt doesn't, if Matt's not playing, he doesn't like you anyways. Okay. Probably. So don't overthink it. Catch him being good. And maybe you have a chance to turn him. <laughs> maybe yeah. you have, 
chance to get an inspired Matt. And, and if nothing else, that helps your team. But if, but at the bigger level, it helps Matt. It makes Matt a better person. Maybe it, once again, it gets Matt from one day to the next. Maybe Matt's depressed. Maybe Matt's really stressed out. Maybe Matt's in a gang. You know, not all your listeners are going to have those issues, but some of your sure. listeners may have criminal type issues, you know, problem kids. Well, just breathing life into them, catching them being good, inspiring them a little bit to be a little bit better version of themselves might actually help out your community and your society if nothing, yeah. you know, nothing to speak to your team. You know, your team will be better too. That's a huge so there's shift. all these levels. Yeah. That's a huge shift in, 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 I think what naturally our thought process is, is I need to catch the mistakes. I need to catch, and, 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 and you're actually saying, I need to catch them being bad. I need to catch them in that. Uh, but what a huge shift in your own heart and in your own mind if you're focused on catching them being good. I love that term. But your co the coach is listening to that. Any coach has to figure out, it goes back to what we said at the start, what do you want your program to look like? I don't think most of us, our goal is, well, I want to win the game on November 13th. Like that's not your ultimate, what do I want my program to be about? To win this game on November 13th. Okay, we want to have whatever, a good program. But our day-to-day -day actions say the only thing that's important is winning on November 13th. I'm just yeah. picking that date as a sure. <laughs> generic, sure. random. And so all of our – we are very short-sighted in everything that we uh, – too, too many things that we do as a coach, we're very short-sighted. And so that comes into what you just said. When we're watching film, we're not always thinking about we want our players to get better in general, or we want our players to be inspired. We want our team to be better. What we're thinking about is how can I correct Matt's mistakes so that we can win the next game on November 13th? So we can win the next game. Yeah, we want to win this next game, but it's a journey and a process. We want to be better in the long run. Yeah. All the research out there says negative consequences, negative punishment can have short-term effect, but they rarely have long-term lasting effect, positive. And yet all the, the, the positive outcomes, you know, are, are based on uh, rewards. And yet as coaches, we're constantly, you know, uh, motivating with the stick and not the carrot yeah. because we're trying to win the next game as opposed to win the season, not be a winning team in the season, but to win the season. Yeah, we're trying. We need to be more worried about the winners that we're producing as opposed to the wins that we're accumulating. We need to be more concerned about the long term approach and sustainability. And and yes, we've got to correct things, but the corrections have to come in 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 a way that's going to inspire somebody to actually want to make those corrections. Mm. I've been there too. Film session, man. Well, well, you not doing this, you not doing this, and you not doing that is why we lost. Well, that might have been why that play didn't work right then. Yeah. But also the other thing is it might actually be because they just weren't inspired and they didn't really give a rip. Yeah. They really didn't care because they weren't inspired players. So they weren't quite urgent and it wasn't important enough for them to do what was right. Um, they don't like coming to practice. Maybe they're bored. They're not engaged. Maybe I'm not teaching it as well as I think I'm teaching it. Yes. So I'm not saying don't correct, but I think we have analyze, to change. Analyze, analyze, yeah. Analyze and shift our focus of how we're correcting. 
Hmm. Are we correcting just so that they don't make this mistake in the next game? Or are we correcting to help them be a better player and to inspire them more? I mean, most of our players do not want to watch film. First of all, they don't want to watch film, period, because yeah, it's, it's just not, the highlights of themselves. Yeah, it's not maybe. ESPN. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but secondly, why do I want to come to films? The only people that want to watch film that want to go to film session is like number 10 through 15 player on your team who didn't play much because there's not going to be anything bad. And this is their time to rest. This is when they're not running line drills. Yeah. They're cool. I mean, this is air conditioning. We're in this office or this locker room. This is cool. This is fine. I'm cool with this. Coach isn't going to yell at me. It's true. What kind of, what kind of culture is that? Yeah. But, but I've been there as a coach. I did that. Yeah. I did that because that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. We think, mm. but catch them being good, inspire your athletes and you're going to have more of a sustainable outcome. That's positive. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.